0: Isn't that beautiful? Man, I love that. Love that. I can think about a few times during my week when it would do me good to find that and play it, just to center myself. And uh, man, that's why we're using it. We're continuing in our journey through Psalm 23, and I want to encourage you to make sure you catch up on last week. If you missed last week, this is one of those where each week is. Is kind of uh, sets up the week before and follows from the week after, and so make sure that you're up to speed, because uh, this, this is an experience I think all of us need and, and can use, and I encourage you as well to take notes along the way. Yeah, we gave you a, a journal last week, and maybe you got that or got something to write with. Or you can, you can take notes right on your phone, too. You can go to our app and scroll down to something called Discussion Guide. Maybe you didn't even know we had a discussion guide. Yeah, our groups use that. You can take notes right on the discussion guide in our app. That's a really cool feature. And um, today, what we're going to do is see why Psalm 23 is probably the most quoted, probably most familiar of all the Psalms, and probably why at almost every funeral you go to, or memorial service, someone mentions this, or it's read, or it's something that is most often associated with funerals. And and specifically, what we're talking about here is that Psalm 23 touches, as we will see today, on pain, on difficulty. And it touches on struggle. See what I'm saying? I mean, and what more of a reality... Of a place of pain and difficulty and struggle, than at a funeral or memorial service. So I think that's why people, you know, gravitate towards that as a, as a thing of comfort. But as we've talked about already in this series, this is much bigger. Uh, the difficulties and the trials and the challenges we face are so much bigger than just what we would experience at a funeral. So Psalm twenty three is about our lives. It's about what we experience on a day-in and day-out basis. And remember last week we talked about how all of the references to shepherd and shepherd things in Psalm 23 refer to God, more specifically Jesus, our good shepherd. And all of the sheep things and all of the references to grazing and eating and resting and all the things that sheep do, that's referring to me and you. This is poetry here. Okay, and the beautiful thing about that is it allows you to be able to subjectively kind of place yourself into this as appropriate. You know, think back to uh, high school. Can you think back to lit class and you're reading poetry? I know this is some bad memories for some of you. You're like, yeah, that's where I realized I was a loser because I did. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are tough classes. But the whole deal is, is that. The teacher would say, here, we're going to read this. And then it was like, what is this saying to you? What is this saying to you? What is this saying to you? Because it's poetry. It's just that narrative. I mean, that that part of, uh, part of literature. And so when we read Psalm 23, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where, okay, there are certain things that this certainly means and certain things it doesn't mean. But what is it saying to you? So you have the opportunity to kind of find yourself in this and, and maybe write some of this stuff down. But maybe you're having a hard time seeing yourself as a sheep. Maybe you hear me talk about sheep as timid and sheep as they're not often seen as the brightest of animals in the animal kingdom. And yet, we're the sheep. You're like, I don't know about that. So I think, I think I've come up, with a way, come up with a way to help us kind of warm up to the whole idea of being sheep. Do you remember back when Jeff Foxworthy, remember that comedian, uh, hit it big? And, and what made him hit it big was it's that redneck stuff. Remember that? You might be a redneck. Remember those? That's so funny. It's so funny because it's talking about your family. <laughs> talking about my family. We're in the South. And if you're from up North and you're like, oh, not us, not us, oh, well, you've been down here long enough and it'll describe you more than you want to admit. Yeah, he hit a nerve, man. And it's just funny stuff. So I'm thinking, okay, what if we came up with, what if I came up with, you might be a sheep, if? And I did. Aren't you lucky? This is what I mean, right? If you ever find yourself in a bad situation, you might be a sheep. Yeah, that's good. I did. I made this up myself. Can't you tell? This is good stuff. I need to hit the road. Right here's here's another one. If you ever wonder if God's really going to be there for you, you might be a sheep. There's more. Just one more. There's more than one, but just, just for now, okay? If you ever find yourself getting annoyed with the Christmas song, "Fleece Navidad, you might be a sheep. Yeah, some of you are going, I didn't know that's how that was spelled. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll hear it. You'll hear it if you're already, maybe you're already listening to it, right? You've been saying, I've been listening to Christmas music since Valentine's Day. All right, I get it. Some people do. But here's the deal. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. You and I are sheep. And as we continue into Psalm 23, I want you to be thinking about, as a sheep, your point and place of pain, difficulty, and struggle. And yeah, you can think in the past, because we all have that, but some of you are like, I don't have to think past, I can think this weekend. I can think today. I can think right now. right? Be thinking about that as we continue our journey through the Psalms. The 23rd Psalm. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Talking about our shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. This is... Is the part of the Psalm. This is the part of Psalm 23 that I believe makes it connect with people so well. Because this describes our places of pain and difficulty and struggle. Let's we'll look at this first section He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. That sounds good, doesn't it? That sounds like something that would be an enjoyable experience that the shepherd is leading me as a sheep in paths of righteousness. In paths of righteousness he's leading me. I don't know what that's about, but it sure sounds like something I'm interested in because it sounds good, and it is good. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Try not to get hung up on the word righteousness, okay? try to focus on the fact that he's leading me on a path. He is leading me on a path. And yes, he describes it here, poetically, as a path of righteousness, meaning it's a good path. It's the path I need to be on. It's a path that's good for me and healthy for me and helpful for me. It's a path of righteousness. Yeah, it's a good thing. But it's also a very layered thing, as we will See. Here's what you and I need to remember about sheep, or maybe know about sheep. This may be brand new news to, to some of us is that um, sheep have to be constantly watched over. Sheep have this tendency as creatures of habit to do the same things over and over and over again, the same ways. Sheep will travel the same trails and the same paths, if left to their own, over and over and over again. And they will eat in the same pasture over and over and over again until it's completely barren and there's no more food to eat. And then they look up one day and they're going, hey, there's no more food to eat. What happened? Sheep do not have the ability on their own to find new paths to keep them healthy and safe. They do the same things over and over and over and over and over again without realizing it until they have become their own worst enemy. So, a shepherd must keep the sheep on the move, constantly moving the sheep from pasture to pasture, from place to place, and choosing this path. Now we're going to take this path. Now we're going to take this path to go over there. Constantly keeping sheep on the move in order to keep them healthy. Time out just a second. Aren't we creatures of habit? Do you and I not find ourselves falling into the same patterns of behavior time and time and time again? Could it be, could it be that what you're experiencing right now in your life is a necessary next path that your shepherd has you on, whether you realize it or not? We often look at our lives going, What's going on? Why is this happening to me? I didn't sign up for this. I didn't want this. I never dreamed of this. I would have never wanted to do this. Yeah, could it be? Could it be that what you're experiencing right now, you are experiencing because your good shepherd is keeping you moving along in ways that only he understands is good for us. We tend to do our own thing our own way. We tend, to, we tend to get stuck in our old ways of living and old ways of thinking and our habitual patterns. We, yeah. In fact, as you keep reading, you get into the Proverbs, there's all these warnings about choosing our own path, wandering off on our own. And then you get to the New Testament, and Jesus is describing following him like this. He's saying, If you want to follow me, then you're going to have to deny your own path, deny your own way of thinking, your own, because even then, Jesus, the good shepherd is referring, it's all throughout the scriptures, referring to how we fall into habitual patterns of thinking and living and being, and our shepherd keeps us moving, keeps us moving. It's called paths of righteousness, it's honoring to him and it's good for us, but there's a connection. Between the path of righteousness and some of the most difficult things you have ever experienced in your life. Look at this. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, or even though, or even when the path of righteousness takes a turn, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There's a connection between the path of righteousness and the valley of the shadow of death. The shepherd is leading you and leading me and leading us. But inevitably, the path of righteousness will descend into the valley of the shadow of death for every single one of us. Uh, What I learned, and David must have been thinking about this when he he wrote this, because the patterns are, are too spot on to be coincidental. That at the end of the summer, shepherds would lead their flocks into the valley. Because when you're up on the grazing highlands all summer long, right, that's, that's where you go next. You can only go down from there. So they descend into the valley, and that's when the sheep are exposed on their way into the valley. They're exposed to things that they haven't been exposed to all summer long. Floods and rock slides and storms and predators. It seems like there is a greater abundance of predators hiding out in the valley waiting for the sheep. And yet, it is necessary in order for the shepherd to take the sheep where the shepherd knows the sheep need to go. They've they've eaten all they can eat. They cannot stay here. He wants to take them somewhere else. It requires that they descend into what David calls the valley of the shadow. Of death. In other words, the valley is just part of it. The valley of the shadow of death is just all part of the path of righteousness for his name's sake. It's just all part of it. It's just part of the journey. Even when, even though, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, again, this is poetry. So you get to insert right there what the valley is to you. What is your valley? What is your current dark place, your current challenge, your point and place of pain and struggle and hardship? Know that your good shepherd has led you to this place because there's a bigger picture in mine. And the bigger picture is tipped off to us by the word through. Yea, though I walk through. 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 You know what through means? We're moving. We're moving. We're going. This is dark. This is a valley. This is painful. This is hard. But we're moving through it. We're going to keep moving. Going to keep walking. Going to keep going. Right? And the sheep will tell you. If you listen to them. This is bad. 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 They'll tell you. I <laughs> thought you would need a little pun there. Lighten the mood. Yeah. But we're going through the valley. Notice it didn't say... Though we've come to the valley of the shadow of death to stay here for freaking ever. No. And don't we, as, uh, aren't we dramatic as human beings? We're dramatic. Here's what we do. When we find ourselves in a valley, we begin to freak out a little bit. And we get a little melodramatic and, and we hit the pause button. And we say things like, "Has this what my life has come to? If this is what my life has come to, then I don't know if I can go on anymore. I just, if this is the way it's going to be, if my marriage is always going to be like this, it's never going to get any better. My children are never going to learn. We're never going to get out of this financial hole. My job's never going to get any better. I'm never going to feel better. I'm never, I'm never. It's always, and oh, yeah, yeah, on and on we go, right? Drama, 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 because we're sheep. And when the sheep's in the valley, it's all the sheep can see. It's all the sheep knows. is valley, 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 valley. And when you're in pain, sometimes you're blinded by your pain. That's all you can see. It's all you can feel. It's all you tend to be able to to focus on. So we hit pause there. And we're like, I can't believe this is happening to me, and this is what my life is going to be. No. Through. Through. Through, you're going through it because the shepherd aims to take you somewhere else. But in order to get to the somewhere else, you have to go through the valley, what he calls the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know what your valley is right now, but I'm pretty sure you're keyed in on it. You know it because it's yours. God's whole intention for you being there is to, is to teach you some things as he takes you through it. For you to experience some things as you go through it. And by the way, by the way, valleys are not all bad. As a sheep, do you know you will find some of the freshest water in the valley? Do you know that in the valley it's where some of the greenest grass is? It's where some of the greatest things to eat are. Yeah, the valley has predators and rock slides and floods, and it's kind of cold and a little darker down, but there's also a lot of good things that happen in the valley. And you know this, too, because you look back on your life journey, and I hear you. I hear you say things like this. I say things like this. We look back in some of the most painful parts of our lives, and we say, you know what? I wouldn't want to go back there. I wouldn't want to do it again, but... But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything because it was during that time that I learned this. And I would have never learned this had it not been for that. So we describe something good that came through and out of the valley. Sometimes it's a person. I would have never met her. I would have never met him. I would have never encountered them. I would have never known this. I would have never had that experience had I not gone through that. So the valley's not all bad, by the way. The path of righteousness eventually we'll turn into the valley of the shadow of death as you descend into difficulty and pain and when you are there David keeps writing I will fear no evil when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou you are with me interesting here that the language in the 23rd psalm changes up until this point, he's been talking about the shepherd, and now the language changes. He's talking to the shepherd. It's now getting really personal, very intimate, and that's what pain does in your life, right? Now it's personal. Now this is, this is different. And he says, when I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I, I, I won't have to fear and freak out. He didn't say there was no evil. He didn't say there was no danger. He didn't say there was no reason to fear and freak out. He said, I just know I don't have to fear and freak out because you're with me. This is very important. Sheep are very timid. We talked about this. Sheep spook very easily. It doesn't take much, and they scatter, right? doesn't take much. only takes one of them to freak out, and the whole bunch is in sheer terror. Did you catch that? Sheer terror? Come on. Come on, you gotta, you gotta watch those. They're there. Yeah. It just, just takes one. I mean, one gets spooked and starts running, and they're all like, We're running. We're, why are we running? I don't know. Larry started running. We're all running. They just scatter. You know what calms them down? The presence of the shepherd. There's something about the presence of the shepherd that brings peace to the flock, where they can look at him and say, okay, he's okay. He's okay. He doesn't look worried. And and he's, he's taller than we are, and he can see further than we can see. So if he's good, we're good. But when sheep lose sight of the presence of the shepherd, oh, it's mass pandemonium. That's why David wrote, I will fear no evil. I won't have to freak out. I will stop fearing and freaking out because I know you are with me. Here's what happens in the valley. My valleys, your valleys. Here's what we do you and I as sheep. This is what freaks us out. This is why we scatter and go running and I just want to run and I want to get out of here. I just want to leave. Here's why we do this. Because we get focused on the what and the why. The what and the why. The why and the what. right? What is happening to us and why. That's where we almost always get stuck. When we go through something difficult we get focused on the what. I can't believe this is happening to me. And I don't know why. I want to know why. I want to understand why God has allowed this and why God won't fix this and why. It just doesn't seem fair, the what and the why. Here's the honest truth. <laughs> you're not always going to understand what is happening to you, and you certainly won't always understand why. That's why the what and the why is not the best focus. When you're in the valley, try not to get distracted and focused on the what and the why, but instead focus on the who is with you. That's why David said, when I go through the valley I will fear no evil because of the who. Because see, the who who is with you is more important than the what or the why of the valley anyway. We often assume, we often assume in the valley that the shepherd has left us. But the truth is, the presence of the valley does not mean the absence of the shepherd. He is with you. He's there, but I'm in the valley, yes, and so is he with you. Why do we assume that when things take a negative turn in life that God must be absent? Could it be that the path of righteousness that you thought was all roses has now descended into the valley? And same path, same path, same path, the valley of the shadow of death. And now you're there, and you don't have to fear, and you don't have to freak out, and you don't have to jump to conclusions because the shepherd is with you. How many of us find ourselves jumping to conclusions so quickly? Oh, I know. I know, I know what's going on. Oh, this is great. This is great. I knew it was too good to be true. I knew my life was going too well. I knew it. Now, what's next? I'm just going to wait. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Just always happens to me. Never happens to her. Definitely not him. Look at there. They, their life could not be better. It's always me. You feel that? Yeah. Yeah. We jump to conclusions. I think this is David's way of saying I, I don't have to jump to conclusions. I don't have to fear. I don't have to freak out. I don't have to run and scatter. In chaos, I can be settled by the presence of the shepherd. You are with me. And just because he's with you doesn't mean you won't have a valley. In fact, it is often in the valley where we discover just how with us he is. Thy rod and thy staff. In the valley of the shadow of death, it's the rod and the staff that comfort me. Now what's this about? Well, shepherd has rod and staff, two most common pieces of equipment, two most common instruments and tools that a shepherd has in his arsenal to do shepherd-type things. Let's talk about the rod first. The rod does two things. Number one, the rod protects the sheep. He's good with the rod. He takes the rod, he can toss the rod, he can throw the rod, almost like a, a javelin or a spear, and he, and he He throws this to ward off predators and uh, coyotes and wolves and bears and lions and tigers. Oh, my. That stuff. Yeah. He's very good with the rod. Protects the sheep. But here's the other thing the rod does. And you and I don't like this that much, but sometimes it's very needed. Not only does the rod protect, but the rod also corrects the sheep. When the sheep need to be protected. Protected. From their own misguided choices. Because see, a sheep, they'll wander off. Right? They're just eating. Head to the ground. They're just eating and walking and eating and walking. And they will stumble off into a ravine, over a cliff, into a bad place. And sometimes the shepherd has to go, oh, no, 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 come back. And get the sheep's loving, lovingly get the sheep's attention. Yeah, to protect the sheep from itself. Sometimes sheep are grazing, and, they, and, and they're excited about, this is great, this is great, and they're just eating everything they can. I mean, they are they're related to the goat. Goats eat everything, right? The sheep, they get into it, man, and they just eat. And, and sometimes the sheep will begin to eat things that are poisonous for themselves. We'll talk about this a little bit next week. And sometimes the shepherd has to take the rod and get the sheep's attention, like, nope, don't you eat that, because that'll be bad for you. That'll hurt you, and Boy. David says, I I looked and I see the rod and understand the purpose of the rod because David knew what a shepherd used a rod for because he was a shepherd. He said, that gives me comfort knowing that in this valley of the shadow of death my shepherd is protecting me from things outside and he's even willing to correct me from being self-destructive. Thy rod and thy staff. Staff, what's the staff? The staff is the you know, the long thing with the crook at the top. That's the quintessential uh, shepherd thing, right? We see a shepherd, we see the staff more often than anything else. It's specifically designed to help him care for the sheep. He uses the staff to, to help pick sheep that have fallen and can't get up. He helps pick them up with the staff, right? He counts them. He'll, he'll go through and count the sheep, right? It's very important for him to know how many sheep because they all kind of look the same, this one's white. Yeah, he's counting. All right. Here's the other thing that the, the staff does. The staff sometimes he'll just walk by and, and it just kind of touch the back of the sheep with his staff to remind his sheep. I'm here. You're good. It's all good. Just keep eating. Enjoy. I'm good. You're good. It's a good day. I'm 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 watching over you. I'm aware. I'm aware. You're good. It's amazing. The staff, how it comforts the sheep. Basically, what David is saying is when I look at the shepherd, even in the valley of the shadow of death, when I look at the shepherd and I realize he is watching over me, he protects me, he corrects me, and he's there to care for me, to pick me up when I need it and to help me and to to just keep tabs on where I am, I understand that the shepherd knows what he's doing and it gives me comfort. He's well-equipped for this valley that I'm in. In other words, this is David's way of proclaiming his trust. That the good shepherd the good shepherd is with you to lead you through the valley. This is David's way of proclaiming his trust in his heavenly father. To say, "I, I I know things are not going well. I know things are difficult, but even in the valley of the shadow of death, even though my path of righteousness has taken a turn that I did not want, same path, same journey, here I am, dark valley. I'm freaking out. I want to run. I want to scatter. But I remember he's with me. I don't have to because he's with me. He's protecting me. He's correcting me if necessary, and he's caring for me. And so the good shepherd is with you, with me, with us, in whatever valley we're in. You know what your valley is? I want you to envision it. You're like, nah, it's real easy. I'm all up in it right now. He's with you. So trust him to direct you, to redirect you? How do you know? How can I know that the shepherd is with me in this difficulty, in this pain, in this challenge I'm facing? How do I know that God is with me? Well, first of all, he says he is. I mean, end of story right there. But we're tactile and we're very experiential and sometimes we need more than just the information. And so sometimes we know that the shepherd is with us not just because he says it, but because he brings people into our lives to help us experience his presence? Do you know that sometimes the thing that helps you know that God is with you is other people who are with you? And we experience his love through their love, and we experience his presence through their presence? Yeah, God does that kind of stuff all the time. In fact, some of the most precious and special people to you may be people that you met during a very dark time in your life. Sometimes we know the shepherd is with us through circumstances. Not always, because sometimes the circumstances, as sheep, we go, see, the shepherd's gone. No, he's not. He's right there. But every now and then, we have these experiences that have no other explanation but the fact that the shepherd is watching out for us in this difficult time. And I know you know what that's like because I hear your stories, and I love these parts of the stories. I love the stories where people come up to me and they say things like, hey, let me tell you about this. Pastor, this was a God moment if I've ever had one. This was, I know this is God. There's only one explanation for this, and it's God. And they're describing something difficult, and yet this happened, and they know the only thing that makes sense out of that is that the shepherd is looking out for me. I love those stories. You have those stories. You have more of those stories than you may imagine that you do. That's how you know the shepherd's with you. And you can always look in the past. You can always look in the rearview mirror at all the valleys, all the photos. You, you, took, you took pictures, right? I remember when that happened. I remember when that happened. I'll never forget when that happened. And, and look back. Flip through the album. Scroll through the photos in the past albums of your life. And realize all the things the shepherd was with you, and you didn't even think he was, feel like he was. It's just evidence. He has no intention to do anything else but continue to take you through what you're facing right now. Trust your shepherd. Trust is so much a cliche, unfortunately, and it's really hard to do when you're in a valley. But let me ask you this. What are your other options? What are your other options than to trust your shepherd in what you're going through? Think about it. What, what you going to trust yourself? Yeah, but see, you would have done that by now. You would have fixed your life by now. You would have kept yourself from going through this by now if you could have done that. If you had the ability to keep yourself from going through this or to fix it, you, I think you would have already done that. So really, your only option that makes any sense is to put your trust in the care of the one who is with you in this valley trust your shepherd I was preparing for this a few weeks ago this made me think of um, a tattoo that my wife Donna has Um, let me let me show it to you by the way some of you got really nervous there for a moment when I said let me show it to you do we want to see this this a uh, tattoo she has on her arm. Some of you are stuck on the fact that Pastor's wife has a tattoo. I know. It's crazy. I kind of like it. I like her too. Trust your journey. I had no idea she was getting this tattoo. I knew she was talking about getting another, uh, one. Yeah, I did say another one. Um, another one. And and I was like, great, babe. Whatever you want, man. That, this is awesome. And she said, oh, I know what I want. And and one day I was I was... I don't know what I was doing, but she was texting me. She said, I, I got some extra time. I'm going to go get a tattoo. Like, that's just what you do when you got a little extra time in the afternoon. It's kind of the way she said it. I was like, okay, great. So she comes back. She comes home. She said, I'm done. I'm like, okay, well, that's a pretty simple tattoo. She said, yeah, it didn't take long. She came home. She showed me, and I was like, man, that's, that's awesome. Here's why it's awesome. Not just because of what it says, but because I know what it means. Because, see, I, for 27 years, I've had a front row seat to the valleys that this woman has been led to and through. And I've watched, I've watched her learn how to trust. Now she'll be the first to tell you she's got a long way to go and she doesn't have it all figured out because she's humble and all that good stuff. But I know that she knows how to trust. Trust the journey that her shepherd has taken her on. Trust the journey that the shepherd has her on. Trust the path. It's not what she wanted, maybe not what she thought, maybe not what she signed up for, but here she is. And I've watched her. And so when she has trust your journey, it's just a reminder to her of what she's learned through the years. It's helping me so much. So I tell you, trust. Trust your shepherd. Trust your shepherd. I want you to think about your journey. Let's do this. Think about your journey and think more specifically about what you're going through in your valley. And I want you to take something to write down with, and I want you to write this word down. I want you to write valley on your journal, on some notes, on your phone, on your hand, on the person's leg sitting beside you. Just write valley, okay? Write it down. And beside it, I want you to write what your valley is. I want you to write down what it is. What is your current difficulty? What is your di- current point of pain? What is the valley of the shadow of death that you're walking through, that you find yourself in right now? Maybe beside it you're writing the word cancer or heart disease. M- maybe you're writing your marriage, your children, family. M- maybe you write the word anxiety, Depression worry. Maybe, maybe you put a dollar sign there because it's money. Or it's, or it's job because you just found out you lost yours. Or it's the future. Or it's your past that's haunting you. What is your valley? What is your valley right now? Write it down. And then I want you to write this down. Write the word through and draw a line back to it. Write the word through because see, that's the whole point. The whole point, you're going through this. You're not going to stay here. You're not going to stay here. You're not going to end up here. This is not the end. Your shepherd is not going to leave you here. You are here. There's nothing that can get out of the reality of of, of that. You're here, but the shepherd is with you, so he's going to take you through it, through it, through it. And as he's taking you through it, I want you to write the words with me. I want you to circle it. I want you to circle this. Highlight it. And this week, I want you to remind yourself of what your valley is and that you're going through it, you won't stay there, and that your shepherd is with you all the way. He's with you when you see him, when you don't. When you feel him, when you don't. When you understand, when you don't. See, we're sheep. We don't have the perspective of the shepherd, but we know. He knows what he's doing. He is with us. I don't have to fear. I don't have to freak out. He's got a rod. He's got a staff. He can protect me. He can correct me. He can direct me. He can care for me in ways I don't understand and I don't get and I can't fully fathom. I'm in this valley, and I'm going through it, and he's with me. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We need this. I I need this. On behalf of my fellow sheep, my brothers and sisters, we, as your flock, acknowledge that you are our shepherd. And we proclaim our trust in you. I don't know the valleys that my friends are facing, but they know it. May we be comforted by the fact that you know it and you see it. You are very well aware of where we all are and what valleys we're walking through. Help us to know we're going through them and that you're with us. We're not alone. We're going through it and you're with us caring for us and help us to simply trust you and the journey that you have us on and that may mean a little different thing for all of us right now and help us to not compare valleys and compare journeys help us to just embrace the one that we are in and the one that we are journeying through knowing that you're taking us somewhere and when we get there we'll be worth it We're going to learn so much. And in ways that we can't understand right now in the valley, you are watching out for us and caring for us. May we be at peace. Even though we're in a dark place, we trust you. May we trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen.